Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which is it like ba boo boo boo. I'm getting worse and worse at saying the intro to this podcast. Like every single time I try, I mess up. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. You join me, your host Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as this week's guest. Paul Wallace from Supercars of London. Mum, I'm a, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> you are on. You're back on a podcast. I'm on TV. You're a very regular guest on this podcast, Paul. You are getting worse at the intro. Though. I'm getting really bad, like, aren't I? I you're... think it's because I try and speed through it too much. I think it's because you're getting close to thirty. It's because. Of... Why have you brought that up? That's a very upsetting thing to mention. Um, now, I just need to do a bit of a, a spiel before we get started with today's podcast. Bit of housekeeping. Bit of housekeeping. Um, I've been away. Uh, I've been away for a few weeks. And as a lot of you will notice, we have been uh, slacking in the podcast department. However, yesterday, Tony and I recorded two podcasts, which will be going out um, over the coming weeks. However, the reason that Paul is here today... is because you- I'm more important! <laughs> Hi, De- Tony. Definitely not. <laughs> Tony will be listening to this going, why am I not on this one? Um, uh, is because we are doing a Formula One special. And we're doing it now because it is the, because it is the midpoint of the season. Um, and I am off to Monterey Car Week in two days' time. And I'll Very be away generous. before the next Grand Prix. So we have to do this now. Yes. If we don't I think do it's now, good timing to do it, right? It's perfect timing because this has been one of the craziest and busiest <laughs> Uh, mid-season off-seasons ever yeah. so we've got lots to talk about but yes for any of you who are missing Tony uh, any of you who want the sort of regular podcast activity uh, stay tuned because next week and the week after uh, Tony and I will be back to our sort of regular podcasting format uh, we have this slight interruption so that Paul can come and chat <laughs> hi guys <laughs> you firstly I'd like to plug <laughs> <laughs> you have randomly become this, the behind the glass F1 expert. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know how that's honestly, happened. I don't know why, but uh, you know what? I don't know why. Either. I have listened to some of Tony's thoughts about Formula One, and every single time I'm arguing with myself <laughs> in the car, listening to the podcast, going, well, You don't know what you're talking Basically, about. They are awful because he just goes, Yeah, Vettel, Vettel. And I go, What's your name? Ocon. He goes, Who's Ocon? I don't know. Oh, come <laughs> yeah. on. I don't know anything about Formula One, but I feel like I'm a little bit more of an expert. Well, at least you than watch him. it. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you oh, watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I'm an you know, avid viewer. Avid viewer. And as we can see by your cab, you're an average merchandise buyer. Oh, oh no, 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 no. This was a gift. Oh, my this God. This is a Hello. gift from Red Bull from the Silverstone 2018 Grand Prix. Well, I hope you're not going to be biased in uh, this, this week's episode. I'm never biased. I just don't like Ferrari. Oh, that's biased. Um, okay, so uh, to run down exactly what we're going to be discussing in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the huge news that Daniel Ricciardo is headed to Renault next year. Fernando Alonso is leaving Formula One. Carlos Sainz is taking a seat up at McLaren. Lawrence Stroll's purchase of the four, do we still call them Force India? I guess. Uh, call, yeah, I think for Force now. India. Until they become Stroll F1. Stroll F1. <laughs> <laughs> for one season. Um, Kubica, Kubica, potentially getting a seat at Williams for the rest of this year. Who would partner Verstappen next year now that Ricardo's left? And whether Ferrari will keep Kimi Raikkonen or sub in Charles Leclerc next year. 
Do you want me to answer them like no, now no, and we can no, keep no, this we'll podcast get... under five minutes? <laughs> maybe. Maybe people would appreciate that. Not F1 fans are like, Quick oh, fire Q&A, skip. <laughs> We've been waiting for behind the glass to come back and you bring this crap. Um, and then right at the end, Paul and I will be reviewing our pre-season uh, predictions. We, we both had to pick our one, two, three for the Drivers' Championship. We're going to be reviewing what those were and whether we want to change them. I don't know if we're allowed to change them. No, I don't we're... think we're allowed to change. I think we can discuss. We can reflect upon them. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, here it is. Uh, F1 mid-season special with Paul Wallace from Supercars London. Uh, let's get going. Is this the bit where there's like bum, a bit of music? Ba-dum, ba-dum, Have you got a theme tune yet? Have you got like a different theme song? No, no I'm working on that. Okay. It's a lot of work. You've got like... like There's lots of work going on behind the scenes at the minute. Cool. I say that. It needs to get action. Um, so there's a lot of notes. There's a lot of notes. Not a lot of action. Let's get into it. The big news of the summer. The news that I don't think anyone was expecting. Daniel Ricciardo has signed for Renault in 2019. Paul Wallace, discuss. One word. Bizarre. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, do you know what was really interesting was. At the Silverstone Formula One Grand Prix, I actually met Danny Ricardo, oh which was pretty heroic from my part to be able to hang out with him and a few other journalists. Um, but I actually spoke to a few people there that were to do with Red Bull Aston Martin Racing, and they were like, oh yeah, he's kind of like confirmed it. He hasn't actually said it, but there's been a few hints to suggest that he's going to renew his contract. We're really excited about having him on the team, and we just can't wait to have a cup of coffee with him. Um, so then for that to drop, you kind of feel like something must have happened quite drastic in a 24 to 48 hour period for this to then get leaked to the world for us all to know that it's gone to Renault. And then like, it all seemed quite amicable the way that it was dealt on social media. Daniel Ricciardo was very complimentary as he probably should be about his time at Red Bull. Um, And I think I've heard sort of rumors on the grapevine is that he's kind of thinking more so in the future for his career, that he might be able to get some race wins. We all know Renault are a big engine supplier to a lot of the teams. Whether they've got something up their sleeve and they've got some developments that could potentially mean that Renault become quite a strong contender, they're looking pretty good now, but they're still behind Red Bull. So a little bit weird, a little bit bizarre. I like Daniel Ricciardo, so I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. I, th- but I love Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> yeah. so like, I want him to be successful. I want him to get more race fin- wins. Race wins. I really want him to get more race wins. Uh, more race wins. And, and one day, you know, compete or maybe even win a championship. Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head uh, a number of times there. First, oh, here he is. Yeah, just throwing microphones all over. This. I was going to call this a studio, but it's just my living room. Um, there we go. There we go. Sorry. Um, but yes, I, I think this happened... It, it seems or it appears though this happened very quickly mm. um, I think all the sounds coming out of everyone were yep Ricardo's going to sign for Red Bull it's pretty much all done and I think even Christian, Christian Horner yeah. I think thought that was going to happen and it seems as though Ricardo suddenly woke up one morning and went nope, yeah. nope I'm going to change it around now we don't know if Renault has offered him a huge pay packet um, but I don't get the feeling that's what motivates him in life no and I think a bit like you my gut my immediate reaction when i saw the the sort of rumors coming around is that i think he's trying to do um, a lewis hamilton mercedes star move yeah because if we remember in 2012 when lewis announced he was moving to mercedes mercedes were a pretty average midfield team at that point schumacher and rosberg uh driving you know they were sort of solidly scoring points but nothing special and at the time mclaren were challenging for a championship so it made no sense everyone's yeah. like what's he doing now I actually had a friend who, who I well, he's still a friend, and he still works <laughs> yeah. at Mercedes Formula Unfortunately, One. Unfortunately, he's died. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Um, but he has had three kids, so <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, but yeah, so he was working at Mercedes uh, at the time when Lewis signed, and he said Mercedes only entered F1 for the 2014 rule change. Right. So they came in, they bought Braun with the sole ambition to start work on the 2014 rule changes and be five seconds ahead of everyone else. Yeah. And so when they approached Lewis, that was their pitch. That was, they, they said, look, this is the car we've got that's coming in two years' time. It is going to be three seconds quicker than everyone else. Yeah. Because right now, it's six seconds quicker <laughs> than everyone else. So, you know, they, they had that information and I think that's what swayed Lewis. He knew it was a little step backwards. I don't think he knew just how dominant they would be. A little step backwards for a major step forwards. And, 
The thing with Renault, which Ricardo said in his statement, which I totally agree with, is every time they've entered the sport, they've won a championship, yeah. drivers or constructors. And they're a major, major international company. They're not going to enter the sport to just flounder around in sixth and seventh place. It's true. And if you look at the rate of development, look at the direction they're headed in, you've got to think at least podiums, if not victories, are a couple of years away. So I think we're all keeping our fingers crossed. We all love him. I think everyone wants him to do well. I mean, even sort of rival teams want him to do well as a personality because he brings so much to Formula One. He just brings smiles to everyone's faces. His press conferences are by far the greatest ever. Um, and his banter and his sort of rapport with all of the other drivers, just he just is such a popular guy. So I don't really think if you are a massive Ferrari fan and you just want Vettel and Raikkonen to win or a Mercedes fan or whatever, you still have that sort of little piece of your heart going, go on, Ricardo. This is exciting to watch. And, and I, it has been a difficult first half of the season for Red Bull. They've had a lot of reliability issues, which, again, they had last year. Maybe he did wake up, had a meeting with Renault, or had a discussion with them, and then sort of realised, yeah, actually, my season has sucked this year. Yeah, and Red Bull are going to Honda next year. Yeah. And whilst Honda have taken leaps and bounds forwards with Toro Rosso, they've still been unreliable. Yeah. And their straight-line performance is down. Mm. So, you know, it's an unknown. You're, I, I think no matter what, Red Bull are going to take a step back next year. Um, so it was just probably a similar journey. It was, you know, a short, short-term step backwards for long-term step yeah. forwards. Um, my question to you, how do you think this is going to reflect on Nico Hockenberg? <sighs> do you know what? He is a good driver he's consistent and I actually have had conversations with people in the motorsport world that is not Archie Hamilton and they say that he is one of the quickest drivers there so to think he's just not a well-known name as Daniel Ricciardo is so I think the only thing that he's going to get affected by is the sort of the fame and the buzz that Daniel Ricciardo will bring to Renault um I still, I still feel like he's going to be competitive and if not give it him more motivation. Um, and who knows, maybe that is the perfect combination in the team for him to be like, right, now I've got to step up. If Daniel Ricciardo's getting all this attention and all of his t-shirts are getting sold, I want my name up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so interestingly, I was literally chatting to someone a couple of days ago who's really involved with F1, works with a lot of the teams and, and it's kind of someone who should be in the know who really said that this will massively raise Hulkenberg's mm. stock and he thinks that Ricardo and Hulkenberg will be pretty level pegged he said that okay. he, th he thinks that Hulkenberg has been forgotten yeah. if you think about when Hulkenberg yeah, came yeah, into the yeah. sport he was the hottest young yeah. star I mean yeah. because it, the guys won Le Mans uh, arguably with Porsche fine but he still won bloody Le Mans yeah. um, all by himself there's well, no, there was just him <laughs> two random <laughs> just drivers not to heard of 24 hours <laughs> no he just drove for 24 hours <laughs> um, so I, I'm excited to see because I like Hulkenberg I agree I think I, it gives I think Ricardo coming to Renault gives him a platform to actually be noticed in the field that's exactly it because if yeah. he provides similar results if he's on a level pegging with Ricardo everyone's going to go God Hulkenberg is yeah, still brilliant yeah, yeah. and it reminds me a little bit of a sort of Button and Lewis style partnership where Hulkenberg is the slow and steady consistent in it for the long game where Lewis was the sort of uh, uh, Ricardo's the raw pace the yeah. sort of natural speed and ability so it's going to be super interesting to see I think it's an exciting move thank God he had the balls to do it because it gives us something to talk about well exactly I mean it was either going to be Max or Daniel that did it and I think now that Daniel's done it I feel like Max might be kind of pinned into the corner because there is guaranteed thoughts going through Verstappen's head is to be like why is this car so bad or like why does it keep breaking down I'm sure Verstappen and his agents or his family have discussed should you go somewhere else now Daniel Ricciardo's done it I kind of feel like he's screwed uh, uh, a little bit I think Verstappen is at the minute Red Bull's golden boy yeah but I will put money right now on the fact that in within five years Verstappen will be driving a Ferrari you reckon I think it will place Vettel when Vettel leaves mm, Ferrari that would be cool which would be very very yeah. cool um, okay well look, let's move on to the other major news which has hit us very recently mm. which is probably a little bit overdue <clears throat> in my mind controversial statement <laughs> wait for my statement <laughs> <laughs> Fernando Alonso has decided to quit Formula 1 at the end of this year yeah I'm inevitable I mean he started to put the feelers out into other motorsports he realized that maybe there were other interesting avenues for him to explore and other opportunities for him to conquer 
I feel like he had a fairly successful run in Formula One, some would say. But, like you said, a little bit overdue, kind of hung around like a bad smell for the last two or three seasons, provided us with some fantastic memes. Some fantastic (laughs) memes. But... I'm at the point now where if he had done it two or three years ago, I'd have been like, oh, man, really? Like Alonso, what a hero. Now I'm just like, I mean, fine, cool. Just move on. He's dragged it out. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, honestly, like this is a big thing. And you know what's so sad is because Not Rosberg, though. He quit too early. He quit just as he got ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Because McLaren are dwindling down in the midfield... There's also a complete lack of sort of any sort of big grandiose departure. It's a bit like Massa's sort of, yeah, you know, yeah, decline exactly, with Williams. Yeah. Or um, Jensen as well suffered the same fate, unfortunately. You know, you want these big stars to go out in a big way. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, they all seem to hang around a little bit too long, which I can understand. You wouldn't want to give it up. I mean, these, these guys aren't racing for the paycheck. They're racing because they're addicted. Yeah, like, absolutely. So whilst we're there criticising him going I mean he just hung around for too long he's just not entertaining anymore like that's their life yeah yeah that's, that's what they, they, that's what they live for so I completely understand that and it's not like Alonso's gonna just go off and start punditry for Sky Sports F1 you know we're still gonna be able to watch him race so that's the cool element to his departure I think in Formula 1 absolutely and he's set these targets these goals of uh, winning the the holy trio what is it called the big, um, three, the big three is it like Mon- Monaco uh, Indy 500 and yeah, Le Mans yeah uh, so he's obviously done Le Mans now yeah um, Indy 500 I heard he's doing an Indy car road test coming up soon so maybe he's going to do a full indie season next year to That'd try be and cool. give himself a best shot at the 500 he's obviously doing the WEC championship this year so yeah you're right he's doing lots of other things and, and he's still around um, it's sort of this year especially I feel like a lot of stories have come out with Fernando um, sort of saying that he's been a very tricky guy to work with over the years and mm. and the fact that he's ended up at teams when they aren't at their best hasn't always necessarily been through no fault of his own yeah not to promote another podcast but Formula 1 are actually doing their own podcast now have you heard this Beyond no I haven't oh yes I have yeah it's actually very good and they had uh, listen to the Jacques Villeneuve one which is definitely one to check out Um, he's an interesting guy and an outspoken guy and he's another driver who could maybe you could argue made some questionable moves or made some uh, bad decisions with his career path Um, and he was mentioning a lot of the times he got offered a seat at McLaren he got offered a seat at Renault and all these sort of pivotal moments and he just went in the wrong direction and, and made the wrong decisions Alonso it seems like was almost sort of forced out of teams through bad favourite at, mm, at times yeah. and so you could sit there and go Alonso should have been a five or six time world champion but I don't think he made it easy for himself no yeah I, I, I honestly like I haven't actually got that much to talk about on this because I okay. haven't well, I haven't heard that he's like an annoying guy I've seen you, him thank you for being honest hanging around on the grid we'll move on Alonso's leaving <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. so let's talk about his replacement quickly Carlos Sainz now announced as Alonso's replacement. The most recent news out of yeah, I think that's probably everything. the most recent news. That to, to our date, this is we're recording this on the Friday. Um, so yeah, more news could come before this goes live uh, as you're listening to it. Um, but yeah, science to McLaren. Uh, I, I think that's good. Like, uh, I like yeah. science. I'm excited. I think McLaren need a refresh. They I think need a refresh in every sense of the word. Refresh. Or well, has gone. Yeah, and I think signs was exciting at Toro Rosso I think he's done a good job at Renault you see him in Q3 quite a lot and I think he provides an element of just sort of he's just a young Spaniard yeah, Spaniard, Spaniard yeah. yeah he's yeah, a yeah. sort of heir yeah. um, and he's, he's hungry and he's good to go and I think he's exciting and it's, a, it's an exciting path and you know I'm going to say something really controversial and I know you haven't been reading up a lot about this but I do question how much of Alonso or the Alonso effect has to do with McLaren's downturn. You know, there's been a lot of negativity around him and his mentality towards the team and, and how he sort of bullies his way and the, the politics he plays. You know, it, 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 are we going to find that now he's left and Boulier's gone and these fresh faces are going to come in that suddenly McLaren's going to have an upswing? Because if you look at their history, the downturn really... Yeah, yeah you, can say, you can say that there's two ways that you, you think McLaren would be affected by the sort of bad publicity or, or negative energy around Alonso is either they use that as motivation to, to improve or they just go down with all of the negativity around it. And I think science just 
provides that positivity and I think the sort of transformation that hopefully we're going to see in McLaren because everyone wants to see McLaren back at the top Absolutely. I mean whether you're a fan or not they need to be contending and if you were to take football for a second I know this is not a football podcast but when a new manager comes in sometimes there is like a kind of a weird period where no one really knows what's going on but then the positivity of this sort of new energy this new lease of life and everyone wanting to prove themselves comes forward and I think and I would hope fingers crossed that it happens with signs coming in. Maybe this is the first move that we start seeing McLaren start improving. I think another move that needs to happen is get Van Dorn out. Okay, so that literally was going to be my next question. <laughs> is who do you partner with signs? Because I'm sorry, uh, Van Dorn, I'm sure you are very talented and I'm sure you would uh, hand my ass to me on a track. <laughs> but I think your moment has been. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think he had... I just I don't know like obviously he's got skill and talent we can't sit here and say that he doesn't um but he is fairly invisible on the grid fairly invisible during qualifying doesn't give McLaren any sort of publicity doesn't have hasn't had Alonso once yeah like there's no point like from a business point of view when you now think sponsors need to be seen you've got a driver that just sits 18th 19th 20th there's never a camera on his car no. and if you're going to be trying to spend millions of pounds for it from a business point of view mclaren need that sponsorship money to invest in r&d and get better van dorn will not provide that and i think signs being young and exciting i think he will going back to the question that you haven't kind of asked me no, who, would, who would who would you i think it'd be cool to see ocon Oh really? Yeah, I, I like. I think. Oh wow! Okay. Because he's quick. Sure. He's got that natural talent. Whilst he isn't this sort of personality that is bubbly and in a celebrity style that maybe Daniel Ricciardo, Max Verstappen, and and they have that buzz around. But I think those two together would edge each other on in the same way that Hulkenberg and. Um, blah, blah, blah. Ricardo will do for Renault. Uh, and, uh, you know, because obviously uh, Ocon Mercedes backed and Toto Wolf backed, uh, with all the changes at Force India, which we're about to speak about, uh, you know, his seat and his future is looking, you know, yeah. questionable. And uh, he is, he does appear to be a great talent. I mm. think he's exciting. I agree with you. I think he's got something there. And I don't think Mercedes or Toto Wolf will let him disappear into the. No, I, 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 I don't think so either. So they're going to be using all their weight and skill that they can to try and find him mm. a, a good competitive seat or at least a decent seat. However, I wouldn't put him in at McLaren. The man I put in at McLaren is Lando Norris. And have you been tracking this kid? I have. I have. Now... I'm very excited yeah. by this guy. Uh, no, I, I I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited by him too. And I think he has got the potential of being a Formula One driver. I think a Formula One star. Now though? Yeah. I really? Think, I, think he's, I think this guy is the next Verstappen, the next Hamilton, the next... Um, well, get him in, yeah. McLaren. What are you doing? Like, uh, what are you doing? Also, he's great on Twitter. I, I don't follow been, him. Oh, on Twitter. Let me. I'm going to bring up now. I know that feed. he. I know that he's active on so on social media. With like, all I the know stuff that he's that's been going on with Alonso, he's just like really casually putting like these little posts up and these little <laughs> gifs and things like that. So, uh, isn't it so. gifs? Gifs. Do you call them memes? So, uh, let me find memes the first and one. GIFs. So this is when Alonso. Uh, announce his retirement he just puts the Batman hmm interesting <laughs> and then when they announce science he put the <laughs> hangover the mat like oh, John, he's just funny and yeah. I, I, I have to say like some of his drives in F2 this year and even if you look at uh, GP3 last yeah, year I remember being in Abu Dhabi last year and watching him race I believe it would have been GP3 I'm pretty sure because yeah. he won GP3 last year didn't he and I think he overtook on the last lap to win he's a machine oh, yeah, and, and yeah. he has that element of you know like the Lewis the yeah, put, absolutely. put that in his b-roll uh, like um, overtaking everywhere I, I, I think if I was McLaren mm. I would see this sort of as a new dawn a new era Let's, but it's a risk uh, though isn't it it's a, but all, you must take a risk now that's all they've got to do well they Williams to. took a risk well no Williams didn't take a risk Williams took money this isn't about taking money. This is about, right, Boulier's gone, Alonso's out. We've got young science coming in, exciting times. Van Dorn, I'm sorry, it hasn't worked out. You're of this generation that we're trying to shake clear of. Let's get the new kid in, you know. See what he can do. See what he can do. And if you're McLaren, try and get Van Dorn a seat somewhere else, you know. Or put yeah. him in the road car series for a while. Put him in the LM, what's called GTX? What's the new Le Mans WEC series? Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, keep Van yeah, Dorn yeah. on as a McLaren yeah. family driver. 
but I think just boot him out make of it a little bit more exciting because yeah at the moment and Sainz like, and I just think Sainz and Norris would be like what it would be cool that is anyway that's what I'm hoping whether they do it or not I don't know I think you're I think it's a very strong shout with Ocon but I would be surprised if Van Dorn gets the seat I'd be surprised if Mercedes let Ocon go as well go to McLaren yeah Okay, I think they will. I think they'll because they want to get him a seat, and I think the force industry seat's not guaranteed. Because let's move on. Nice segue. Thank you, Paul. Um, We have the news this summer that a Lawrence Stroll, Lance Stroll's dad, uh, led consortium, so basically a group of very rich people, (laughs) um, have bought the Force India team. Yeah, because there was talk a while ago that. He, he was sniffing around I think he's been sniffing around for a while yeah uh, he's already invested 10 billion dollars into his son's <laughs> racing career so why not invest another 10 um, perfect time to buy though perfect time to buy this could India, have come unfortunately come a cropper VJ Malia uh, obviously the initial uh, owner buyer uh, come into some, some financial struggles of his own I think the other co-owners wanted to get rid of it the team went into administration uh, around Silverstone didn't they Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, and they were looking for some new buyers. And apparently, good news for F1, there were lots of interested parties. Oh, that's good. Which is great. Yeah. Um, but, but the Stroll-led consortium seemed to be the strongest. Had all the money. It's a bit of a weird one. You mm. know, I... <laughs> I think there's a lot of negativity around Lance, um, you know, uh, and you could argue with fair reason at times. Um, he's sporadic with his results. I was going to say, yeah, he's had his ups and downs. A lot of downs. A lot of downs. Um, and having a very rich father who does things like buy a team so that you can stay in Formula One doesn't do you any favours. Mm. Um, so I'm interested to see where this will go. I can't imagine Lawrence Stroll like wanting to run a Formula 1 team I think he's just done it for his son I think so too and we have seen Stroll be su- be successful with Williams last season like he got points he got podium he can like perform he, he could definitely drive he can definitely and drive I would love to see him like put him in a Ferrari and put Vettel in a Williams and just and just see just just I want to see more from Stroll than what we're seeing at the moment is this going to provide that opportunity potentially Potentially. I think that team is a strong team. It's forever been the best underdog team, hasn't it? You yeah. Know, solid results. Always been able to pull it out of the bag. And they drive pink. They drive pink. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, if that sponsorship sticks around. Mm. Uh, so lots of rumours that they're going to become the sort of, like Hasses to Ferrari, they're going to be to Mercedes, a sort of Mercedes junior team. Um, which is only going to be good. Yeah, which I don't think is bad. You know, a lot of people I mean, complain look at about these. Yeah, I think it's great. It adds competi- competitiveness yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, for sure, as long as it's not too controlled by the yeah. by the big team. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's good. It's good news. Let's see what happens. It's good news, but obviously there's Stroll coming in and two drivers hanging around. Well, here we go. So they, so they can't have three cars. We've got to assume that Lance Stroll is going to be driving for Force India 
or whatever the team is going to be called now mm. that his dad owns the team it would be a very strange situation <laughs> yeah. if his son, son leaves you stay the there. I'm actually really into F1 now you've really got me interested in the sport so bye <laughs> do you think that's going to happen before the end of the season if you were Lawrence and you'd invested all this money in your son and he was in this awful Williams car why would you not just pluck him out of it put him in a Force India yeah I mean I think that's a good I don't have a son but I'd probably want the best for him and maybe that's not a Williams so if I did have billions of pounds, a private jet for me, and then a private jet for my daughter to fly around the world and flaunt it on Instagram, I'd probably put I'd probably put my son in. It's going to be an interesting one because there's so many sort of politics and big moves around him. Because if they do that, they've got to get rid of Perez or Ocon. Yeah. If they get rid of Ocon, they're really pissing off Mercedes, who yeah. they want to partner with. If they get rid of Perez, that's all of their money, and that's the guy who kind of forced the team into administration. So you're going to upset the. I think the internal infrastructure of the team there. Which is probably going to have a knock-on effect for short term. I think it would be nice to see it being quite a short-term thing, but I do think internally there are going to be some pretty big issues and clashes that are going on that we're probably not going to get to see, but we will see it on the track. So the only rumour that came out of an article this morning, I think, and I wish I could credit the article. Um, I'll try and find a link and put it below if I remember that in the edit, which I went. Um, <laughs> is that this is all a huge master play going on behind the scenes, essentially by Toto Wolf, who's seen this all coming. And he's trying to get, like you predicted, Ocon into McLaren now. Right. Get Van Dorn out. Yeah. He's underperforming. He's not happy. Get Van Dorn out. Get Ocon into the McLaren, freeing up the Force India seat. Stroll moves into Force India. No issues there. Mercedes are all happy because they've released the driver. Williams get a fat payoff. And the main man, Robert Kubica, gets Can the Williams seat. It's funny you should say that because Toto actually just texted me the entire <laughs> plan five minutes before the podcast. Totally so did not. <laughs> you don't know Toto. Yeah. I got a selfie with him. Yeah. Most expensive selfie yeah. challenge. You're like, who even is that? Because <laughs> before Toto was the man that we all know of him now. He was yeah. just a random member of the Mercedes <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah, and you were just a nerd. I was a nerd. Last Toto is worth loads. <laughs> uh, so who, yeah. who doesn't want to see him come back? Robert Kubica because he tested a, he tested at the beginning of the year or is it mid-season he's or? tested both he's okay. he, he's does it both um, there's uh, a lot of hype around it a ton of hype um, but he wasn't actually that quick was he he wasn't that quick hence why he didn't get the seat mm. um and also, I think he doesn't want to drive the car. He's actually come out and said that he doesn't really want to drive the car. It's that bad. <laughs> Would you remember Paul DeResta had to stand in? Where did he, oh, where did yes. he have to stand Where was that? That was, was like, amazing. What am I doing? Was, oh, it's hungry. 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 And he was like three and a half seconds off. They're like, this is really <laughs> impressive from Paul. No, it's not. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be a great romantic story for Cooper to come back but maybe it wouldn't live up to all of our hopes and expectations uh, yeah I just I, I mean I don't think the Williams car is there and I don't think he's probably there because you have to be you have to be match fit you have to be consistently driving that car and you have to be actually putting in race miles to get a feel for it and you can't come in halfway through the season and just be like oh hey guys yeah remember me like five years ago cool yeah, yeah. into a back running team uh, yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. going to get any impressive results back there no. um, it's such a shame I love Williams I, I honestly oh like, I do I, I follow drivers not teams a lot of people ask me this and give me a hard time on social media saying how can I be a massive Ferrari road car and brand fan and then not support them in Formula well, that's, 1 like, yeah I like I like the Ferrari road cars I don't like them as an F1 team because I don't really like the drivers well that's exactly it I, I did when Schumacher was there because I was a massive Schumacher yeah, fan yeah, but, yeah. but I follow drivers I still have an affinity towards Ferrari I, I do love them as a thing but I lean on supporting drivers. Hamilton yeah, yeah. and the drivers and so uh, Williams uh, however uh, one team that bucked that trend mm. that I've always wanted Williams as a team to succeed no matter it's who the drivers story. are their story is so cool and so cool the movie the Frank Williams oh, Sir Frank God. Williams is incredible I'd and like to say I don't cry often but <laughs> I do and that was it one is, movie is if, if you're it's not even if you're a motorsport fan it's just a cool movie you don't have to like cars you don't have to like F1 but it's just an incredible story and the fact that it's true and everything in that it's real it's just mind-boggling and so when i watched that obviously williams was the team that actually got me into formula one when i was about 10 years old so i got this vhs which for the people that are watching that are younger than 
both of us VHS with this sort of big black cube that actually played movies it's not, a not yeah um, and I had F1 2001 I think as the sort of season highlights and I put it on I was like oh my god look at that car that is the best livery ever and it was the one Pablo Montoya era and I was like, oh Williams. yeah this, the sounds is amazing <laughs> so Williams was the team of mine when I started get, to get into Formula 1 which it then in turned into road car passion so that's where my passion for Williams comes from. But then hearing the story, learning about the team, and this season with their drivers, you can't really get behind them. They've got no personality. Sometimes I feel like Lance Stroll doesn't even want to be there at race weekends, and he's just like, oh, come on, man, I don't want to do another media interview. And I don't even think I've ever seen Sorokin's face. I saw him actually in Monaco during Modball Rally. He was <laughs> having breakfast at the table next to me, and he was incredibly <laughs> rude to the waitress making his omelette. Really rude. Well, I, I couldn't mean, believe it. Un- like, uncalled for. Really uncalled for. But I love Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fingers crossed uh, they find it. I mean, it does seem at the moment, unfortunately, that they ebb and flow a bit between some highs and some lows, and they they do sit in the lows for quite a long time. Let's fingers crossed, hope that they can pull it, come back to the highs. I, I question whether Claire Williams um, is it got a little bit lost in that, you know, ever since Frank stepped back and she stepped mm. forward. Actually, that's a complete lie because they had those brilliant years with Martini at the beginning with Bottas and Massa. Yeah. So that's, that's unfair criticism, I think. And I but- actually watched a really good interview with her and you could see how passionate she was because mm. I think the interviewer was kind of insinuating as if to be like, Gonna oh, pack you to blame. are you gonna pack it in like yeah, yeah, and yeah, she was yeah. like no 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 i'm standing by like this is this is my this is my family yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's what we do so well let's keep our fingers crossed um now we've sort of powered through uh, quite a lot of drive changes and moves which have all been really around the midfield which mm. is bizarre to talk about mclaren and renault and williams as midfield but yeah. that's the way the world works at the moment let's go back towards the front end obviously hamilton and bottas now locked in and confirmed there which you know i think is solid i can see why they've done that bottas is just happy getting bummed every single race so uh, we'll leave him be um, <laughs> and also that that brilliant picture the brilliant. of lewis hamilton's formula one can <laughs> bottas on the bat with a gun being just, a rear gunner <laughs> was a wingman shooting everyone off like Go away. Lewis is going to win this race. Classic wingman. Uh, So let's look at Red Bull and Ferrari because lots still that can happen with them uh, for the rest of the season in terms of driver lineups. So now Ricardo's out. Who do you think will step up and partner Verstappen next year in the Red Bull Honda? Who will... Who would I like to see? Alonso. (laughs) (laughs) Jensen Button. (laughs) I, I think that's an a really difficult question because now you've got to think is one of the Toro Rosso drivers going to step up have they got enough experience to step up probably not I reckon bring back Danny Kvyat Kvyat's a Ferrari man now he's long gone he's like I'm out of here bring it back what what does uh, Vettel call him the torpedo the torpedo is so good and I watched it if you did watch Ardy Hamilton's I Nearly Died video no he got torpedoed by Kvyat in his like F 3,000 uh, oh, I mean that's that. that's one torpedo it's at Archie Hamilton I yeah. reckon he did it about four times claim to fame yeah um, now it's been many a many a moon since Red Bull bought in a driver that's not been part mm. of the Red Bull Young Programme or Toro Rosso I think it's really pre Vettel surely because yeah um, Weber Weber must have been the last external driver that they would have bought in I think I'm trying to trace it back DC was there from the beginning Weber yeah I think Weber was the last external okay I hope that's right if it's not I apologise um, since then I feel like they've continuously upgraded or, or brought in drivers from the Young Driver Programme or Toro Rosso so it would be quite a big move for them to not do that um, I really would be shocked um, if it wasn't Gasly yeah. maybe because I can't remember who the other Toro Rosso <laughs> driver is um, <laughs> why am I having a mind blank uh, Brendan Hartley. Oh my God! <laughs> if Brendan Hartley gets, yeah. gets the Red Bull seat, I will eat your Red Bull hat. I mean, that's how bad it is. I forgot who actually drove him. Um, I think Gasly's strong. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's put in some good shifts. I think he's put in some good shifts. Um, I yeah. I don't think he's necessarily ready. I think it's a you, young lineup at Red Bull. I was going to say Max Verstappen as good as he is and obviously he's got this natural talent he still makes these immature mistakes Mm -hmm. I almost feel like they should be bringing in some sort of maturity that can level this mental head that Max Verstappen's got 
maybe bring back his dad. Like, let's get his dad back. He looks like a very angry man. Okay, so here's my big, like, shake it all up. Go on. Let's dream. Yeah. Why wouldn't you put Kimi Raikkonen in there? Because he would just cause grief for the rest of the team. Why? Because he's going to have a Honda engine. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I see where you're coming from. But let's, let's us not forget that Kimi started his F1 career at Sauber when they were sponsored mm-hmm. by Red Bull when he left Formula 1 and went and did that disastrous rallying and disastrous NASCAR he was Red Bull sponsored he does have ties and links with Red Bull I think and I assume Ferrari will re-sign him for next year I think he's just doing such a good job Kimi I think he gets better every single race yeah. I think he's right up there with Vettel I think they would be mad to get rid they of him they push each other they like, really push yeah. each other and it's a shame he's not getting victories but he is right there yeah. and I, as amazing I think Charles Leclerc is I don't think he's ready Leclerc no. uh, I don't think he's ready to come in so but let's let's just dream for a second and assume that Ferrari says okay sorry Kimi we're going with the young kid Kimi's left as a free agent I think he is a really surefire bet for Red Bull or it would be a solid bet for Red Bull because another thing I learned from the fascinating Villeneuve podcast I shouldn't keep promoting other podcasts but here we are it's fine the link's in the description (laughs) or not I'll just ruin it I'll misspell it is that Villeneuve said that Kimi is one of the best car developers Okay. In someone, and he said in the, terms the of feet giving feedback, feedback and 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 helping develop a car throughout a season and during the off season, he's incredibly good at that. And Ferrari, where they are now, he, Villeneuve said he would put down to Kimi, not Vettel. Mm. Vettel can still be petulant, and whilst he tries to do the Schumacher motivation, blah blah, it's Kimi who provides the fantastic right. feedback and builds it. And and so essentially, Kimi Raikkonen to the public eye is a character yes because everything that we see is like he's a moody useless fast kind of like nonchalant driver and actually what you're saying i've heard other rumors around Kimi raikkonen on the party scene he's (laughs) very different when he clocks off yeah but i think in terms of actually developing and setting up a race car i think this guy knows what he's doing and well, I, uh, he's a veteran. He's a veteran he, in the game. And he's a world I mean, champion. Combining what we've just said, maybe we do need a bit of a veteran to give Verstappen the right push in the direction that he needs. Well, that's exactly it. If you brought him in on a one-year contract, because that's yeah. all Ferrari going to offer him. Yeah. You bring him on a one-year contract, you say to Gasly, sorry, mate, one more season at Toro Rosso, please. Um, you, you, you have Kimi there to just help manage that new experience with Honda, bring in some feedback, bring in some experience, keep Verstappen on his toes. I I don't think it's going to happen. No, but I was going to say... I would love to see it happen. That's a real dream world because if you're just bringing someone in for a 12-month period, like, and let's say he has a bad start to the season, he's just not going to care. He's just going to be like, he's just going to be in holiday mode. I think mode. you underestimate Kimi. I, maybe I do. Mm. I, I, I've always been a big Kimi fan, personality-wise, but also just on track. I think... You know, I, I think he's a different driver to who he was before he left the sport, but I think he's just a, an amazing driver, and I do think he's getting better and better. I think Ferrari would be mad to get rid of him, but if they did, I would love Red Bull to be open-minded, but I'm going to probably put my money on the fact it will be Verstappen and Gasly, mm. and I think Gasly will get announced pretty soon, I think. Do you reckon? Yeah. They're Let's usually quite quick to react. In the next react. two days, because this yeah, part yeah. of the podcast... Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at when Vettel left, they reacted so quickly yeah, to signing yeah. that. Um, so was it Kvyat or Verstappen? No, Kvyat, of course. Um, oh, yeah, that was Russia. Was it Russia? Oh, it was a Russia Grand Prix. Like just after the Russian Grand Prix that Kvyat went, and then literally like that. Sorry, oh, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about because didn't Kvyat replace Vettel? Then when Vettel announced he was leaving, they said Kvyat oh, sorry, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking. Well, I mean, even that as an example is when Kvyat crashed into Vettel twice. So like, right, you out. Exactly. And everyone's like, what? Yeah, that's so, so harsh. I don't think they'll mess around, but I do think it's interesting that they haven't announced Gasly yet which mm. makes me think they are considering options yeah. and maybe they're waiting to see what Ferrari do also proves uh, how much of a shock Ricardo came to everyone Absolutely. because you'd think that they would have had someone lined up I would agree um, so I think that pretty much sums up I think I mean we, we haven't touched on uh, Alfa Romeo Sauber uh, I think again the big question will be whether Leclerc gets or Leclerc gets uh, the the boost up to Ferrari I think it's unlikely I think so I, th- I think they're plodding along I think they, the, car, I think the cars well. look great I think they're doing well I yeah. actually think they're improving a lot I think Ericsson's stepping up to the plate when he's not crashing yeah. into people um, <laughs> or, or, or being the ghost that Grosjean crashes into exactly banter <laughs> um, the only thing that I think could change there is I think that 
unless Grosjean really performs strongly, I think he could be out of hand uh, yeah, of the yeah. year. I, I believe so. I did I did tweet, I can't remember what number crash it was mm. this season, maybe number 98 or 99. <laughs> but I said, how many times are they going to rebuild that car before replacing him? Before replacing because him. Because surely, I reckon I could go in that car and crash less than him. Probably. You'd go slower, <laughs> but you'd crash yeah. less. So I would maybe put Leclerc into the, into the Haas, give him a bit more speed, a bit more performance, see what he can do. Even though Alfa Romeo Sauber is stepping up. Yeah. Magnus is not going to go anywhere. I think everyone thinks he's a dick, but very quick. <laughs> um, so... Have we t- have we lost any other teams there that we haven't touched on? No, the only it? thing that I want to say about Please. all of these changes, because this is quite a radical season in oh, Formula shoot. One, and I'd actually like to send a message to Codemasters who create the Formula One game, because I've pre-ordered Formula One 2018. Okay. Very odd time to launch a game, would you not say, end of August, which is sort of mid-season going into the second half of the season. Because... When you look at FIFA or other games, they bring the games out after all of the changes happen. No, but none of these changes until next year, mate. All these changes yeah, will be in F1 2019. They're in our mind and they know that it's going to happen, that I've got this game in August and I'm, I'm not going to complete it until March, April time. And then at that point, I'm probably doing Abu Dhabi going, oh, here we go, Ricardo in the Red Bull. We've got everyone, Alonso, Alonso. I'm like, <laughs> he's not even there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many changes that I'm just like... I've never understood why they released the F1 games mid-season. It's, it's, it's kind of strange. Because they there's know always... all the liveries and stuff, don't they? they could, yeah. And they could ask the teams. They're the licensed yeah. game. They're official licensed game. So the game could come out after the first three Grand Prix, maybe, if you really wanted to wait. Why do they wait till mid-season? What are they doing? Yeah. What information are they gathering? I mean, the only thing that they're doing right is they're launching it at the end of the month, which is around payday, so people will be uh, buying the game, which is a fairly obvious marketing strategy. <laughs> but apart from that, this is such a crazy season with so many big changes. Normally, it is literally race liveries and the odd tweak. This year, we've obviously got the Paul Ricard circuit and things like that, which I'm very excited about. I am a massive fan of this game, but there's just a lot of changes which just I'm just like for the beginning of next year you'll be playing with the old teams and drivers yeah, yeah it's not just that I have to wait till August 2019 to get a new game move on oh, <laughs> such a gamer okay so let's review our pre-season predictions uh, because you know as I said this is our mid-season review we will be doing an end of season review and we did do a pre-season r- preview um, and in that we had to pick our one two three championship results Paul Yours yes. were? Lewis Hamilton to win. Yeah. For some reason, probably my dream world, I would like to have seen Max Verstappen come second because I want to see him rise up. I want to see him become world champion. It's a shame that he just kept crashing and making mistakes there. Uh, yeah. Crashedappen.com or whatever the website was. Brilliant website, whoever created that. <laughs> and Vettel third. I mean, I had to throw a Ferrari in because they were looking solid during the preseason testing. And I mean everything that they are doing and Kimi Raikkonen is doing in the R&D department is coming to fruition. Is that the right word? Yeah, perfect. Because nailed that. they are so fast that it is exciting, but also from a Mercedes-AMG fan point of view, pretty depressing. Depressing, uh, exciting for the sport. Shame that Vettel tends to keep making the odd little mistake as yeah. he has done over the years. Oh, I, I, I cheered so loud oh my God. at that 10 mile an hour crash. When he crashed out in Germany. Yeah. That was a very exciting moment for any Lewis Hamilton fan. <laughs> uh, what I loved, though, it was at the home Grand Prix for him, yeah, Germany. Yeah. And all of the fans. In front of the biggest grandstand. They all jumped up and cheered. <laughs> they were all so excited that he crashed. Um, but that's, I think that shows F1 fans want excitement. Yeah. Even if you're a main driver goes out, you want excitement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do find this is a Vettel theme. I think that's his one chink in his armour as he mm. does boil over and he does make the odd mistake and it's not the you first time we've that. seen it. You should ask him that next time you next see time him. Hang out with him. Why do you make so many mistakes? <laughs> uh, well, I went with Hamilton, Vettel, Ricardo. Yeah. Um, you know, I think none of us expected Raikkonen to step up to the plate so much. Slash, he is helped by how quick the Ferrari is. Mm. Uh, Danny Rick is still there doing strong, but the Red Bull just keeps falling apart. I think that could still be the top three. I- I'm comfortable. I'd like, to, I'd like to see Danny Ricardo up there. If the, if the reliability stays, I think mm. that could still happen. Um, Anything can happen in the second half of the season. We saw that last year. Ferrari will come on strong. Do you know what is actually 
depressing me a little bit about the second half of the season you know how both you and I were at Monza last year we were so excited because Mercedes AMG was so dominant their straight line speed was incredible and it was so cool to see the Italian flamboyancy the passion in the crowd Ferrari red everywhere and it just went black <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton went up on the podium and won what's so depressing is it the tables are turned tables we are, are now going to have the biggest powerful sea of red I'm not going to get involved ever. I will get involved it's that point because <laughs> that's Italy you're going to take off you're going to take off your Mercedes AMG t-shirt and run into the crowd and crowd surf I actually everyone. don't own a Mercedes AMG t-shirt I own a Lewis Hamilton hat okay. and then I own a lot of Ferrari merchandise <laughs> so you'll um, fit right in I'll fit right but, in yeah I, I, I'm probably not going to watch Monza what no I, it's my favourite circuit it's amazing. The atmosphere is like nowhere else. I know, but it's for Ferrari. Great. <laughs> You're weird. Uh, anyway, that brings a close to our F1 mid-season review. Did I do um, better than Tony would have done in this I sort of did, thing? It, Drek and I actually... Tony would have lasted five minutes. Got, I don't know who that is. I don't know what, <laughs> why, who's that. Where are they going there? Maybe. Uh, and he's going, yeah, Vettel. No, Vettel's the best, isn't he? Vettel's the best. You bring the car with him. He's the best, isn't he? Um, so we hope you found it interesting. If you haven't been an F1 fan or you aren't an F1 fan, I don't imagine you've listened to this podcast. But if you have, thanks for staying with us and and tune into the second half of the season because i think this is one of the most exciting seasons that we've had i think some of the previous seasons have been a little bit boring but now that we've got new owners in f1 they're making it more exciting in terms of media opportunities and exposure you're seeing it on youtube and everything like that but also i think moving on into next year and the year after you're starting to see a lot of changes in the parameters that these manufacturers are allowed making it more of an even balanced race which i think is going to promote overtaking and more exciting racing and i'm not being paid to say that <laughs> hashtag sponsored by F1 <laughs> we wish <laughs> um, but yes uh, if you are uh, as I say craving uh, a regular Tony Gravelwood uh, podcast content do not worry it's coming back next week and the week after we have two bumper load uh, episodes that we have already recorded because I'm off to Monterey Car Week uh, and then off on a few other trips and adventures so I won't be around in the UK to record uh, any episodes for a few weeks just hang so. I'm just hanging out waiting for uh, a V12 that's all I'm doing uh, anyway, uh, if you've enjoyed this, give it a thumbs up. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, let me try that again. Started off badly. Um, ending, ending badly. badly. Uh, give it a thumbs up if you've enjoyed this. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe and turn on notifications. And if you're listening to us, keep following us on whatever platform you are. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 